0: It's the One Hundred and Twenty Podcast. Mikey Fernelli, Benjamin Hootie, coming at you for our normal Sunday show, and it's gonna go out on Monday. We had a only two day break. This might be the shortest hiatus in the history of the One Hundred and Twenty Pod because we came out with an episode a Thursday night, record Friday show, and now we're back on a Sunday Monday. So, Ben, I don't think there's a better time than now with the Chicago Cubs to record two episodes in about forty eight hours.
1: I think it's getting to the point now where after every big series win, we might as well just hop on the headsets because, Uh I mean, it's been – what a series. I mean, I feel like we've been saying that – Like, I feel like I'm repetitive at this point because it's six series in a row now that they've been able to impress us. But this is really like – as much as taking – three straight wins from Cincinnati and overtaking them in the division was a huge win. Like this is, I think this is the turning point. The fact that they were able to grind out two wins against the best team in baseball. And I, I we'll get, we'll get more into it, but just, just an absolute like relentless, amazing performance from the Chicago Cubs this, this entire weekend.
0: Cubs got blanked, dropped a goose egg against the best in the national league Atlanta Braves on Friday took that one eight to nothing and then decided to sit in the locker room and debate what they're going to do the rest of this weekend. They came out scrappy, gritty, and played some good baseball to take the next two and eight six yesterday and a six four today. So, not easy wins to come by, but they shouldn't be against the best team in the National League. And now, after taking two out of three against those Atlanta Braves, winning yet another series, your Chicago Cubs sit tied with the Cincinnati Reds, win percentage wise, at the top of the NL Central, just below. The Milwaukee Brewers so not the very top, but a game and a half back from those Brewers.
1: Yeah, as much as uh, taking two out of three was absolutely huge this weekend. Shout out to the Pirates and uh, Nationals. I think the Nationals actually, Nationals swept the Reds, which allows us to be in this position that we're in right now. I think we killed the
0: Reds. I think we literally killed the Reds. I don't think there's anything left going on in Cincinnati.
1: I mean, you said it the other day and I was like, let's just wait and see. Yeah, maybe they should have acquired an arm or two at the deadline. I'm no. just saying, I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, and Milwaukee, shout out Quinn Priester it wasn't his best stuff, but uh, Mikey was there and he did, he did his best in front of Kerry Grove.
0: Yeah, I forgot because we were because it's been a couple of days. Um, but we did do an episode on Thursday, but that was before I saw Quinn pitch. Uh, yeah. got out of a really cool inning, cool jam. The Pirates were on to win that game. Fourth inning, bases loaded after a couple walks. Andy Rodriguez, you know, his personal catcher, got one nice out on a full count. And then uh, one out, Quinn was able to get the first ever five-pitch strikeout I've ever seen. I swear those umpires might have had Milwaukee. Uh, But he got Christian Yelich and as many strikes as it took, got him looking, and then ended up getting out of the inning on an overturned grounder call with William Contreras. So got out of that inning pretty smooth. And everyone in the R section lost their mind, although Quinn was not happy with himself. Came back out for the fifth let up a home run, got taken out. So he was not in line for the win, but his team ended up winning and he uh, put on a decent show. And anytime I could see a guy from my high school, a good guy at that go and beat a team that we need to see lose to, to keep jumping in this division. I was thrilled.
1: Helped the Cubs and another guy that helped the Cubs that game was former Cub legend, Alfonso Rivas near near cycle performance. I got a cycle watch on his last at bat. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is certainly happening right
0: now, but yeah. That was part of the reason we decided to stay. So Quinn got taken out in the fifth. We had good seats. We were like, we got to stay for a couple mornings. So we were about the seventh comes around. We're like, I don't know. Are we stay in and we go in. We wanted to go hang out at home. So I'm not one to ever leave a baseball game really. But like this time I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. And then we are like, I'm keeping score as I often do. And my friend is like, well, Cubs legend Alfonso Rivas is one away from a cycle. And I'm like, hold on. And I looked, I'm like, oh, you're totally right. So I'm like, we got to wait for his next step at. Well, his next step at was in the bottom of, or sorry, the top of the ninth, I believe actually, or top of the eighth, one of the two. So we stayed through that. We stayed, ended up staying through the whole game, actually, at that point. But he just needed a double, got a hold of it, and flew out to left to the glove of Christian Yelich. So, the, the cycle that could have been for Cubs legend Alfonso yeah. Rivas. But enough of Wrigley North and that Subway Sandwich organization, which it really is such a nice stadium. I just hate how how goofy those fans are. But anyway, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs and the best team in the National League in the Atlanta Braves. I mean, after that Cal Hendricks blow up on Friday, I was not. You know, our episode went out on, at noon. I listened to the car. I was all excited. I'm excited for the Brewers game that night. And I'm like, Man, you know these Cubs are these Cubs are finding a way. One twenty rolls around, couple good first innings, and then just in the fourth inning, in the rain, the Braves just took over.
1: Yeah, um, they they showed us who they were. They really did. And honest to God, they showed us who they were all weekend. Like they yeah. yep. every single time. I I think they out hit us this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, I believe it. Um, I mean that that entire lineup is just. they're 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 dirty like they are they grind out at bats and there is not a single easy out in that lineup except for like today like kevin pilar like slid into left field but like they i respect brian snicker and i respect that entire team because they don't take days off they have the same nine out there essentially they've had the same nine out there essentially since opening day so i mean I mean, just Ronald Acuna raked the series. I think Matt Olson hit a homer in all three games, if I'm not mistaken. Sean Murphy, Murphy showed pop. Uh, Ozzy Albies is officially a Cubs killer. I don't know if you saw that stat about Albies, but he mm-hmm. has the highest OPS currently, minimum like 20, 30 at-bats or something like that.
0: He probably passed uh, Nick Castellanos and Bryce Harper. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I know when the Phillies came it's, to town, I don't remember if it was OPS, but I think it was batting average or total RBIs or something. Both both uh, Nick and uh, Bryce were were near the top five in that. I, I think the
1: highest OPS was um, – they had the list. It was number one's Albies, and he strengthened that this weekend. Well, and yeah. that, the number two guy is a guy that we're going to see tomorrow night in Pete Alonso. Polar he always Pete. hits homers against us. And then number three is uh, former Cub prospect, William Menez. So, but either way, um just a just a great series, just the bullpen just absolutely shoved all weekend a uh, yes. solid start from Steele today. I think you end up giving up four, but you know, four against this Braves team and allowing the bullpen to take over is a great start in itself, and you couldn't ask for anything more. Andy threw a season high in pitches too, so he gave the Cubs a lot of length today and Assad as well yesterday just uh continuing to dominate since being called up from triple a uh, after he got sent down early in the season
0: yeah that, i think going back to what you said at the start of this point uh, this these braves wins might have been more impressive than you know the absolute offensive firepower against cincinnati not to say cincinnati's not a good team either but i mean the braves didn't lay down and die in either in any of those games like the cubs might have in game one or the reds did every single game of those three well the, the back three um what happened in this was You're looking at a Cubs team that was finding ways to score, but they were not taking their foot off the gas and within good reason because the Braves were still scoring. I mean, I was listening on the radio yesterday until the very last out worried. I mean, they hit a two run bomb in the ninth and I'm like, this is where it's going to fall apart. They're going to get walked, not walked off, but they're going to get, they're going to give it up in the ninth to the Braves. And I keep getting worried. This is where it's going to fall apart. But that's the key right now, Ben. It seems like these Cubs are better at finishing games. Like they're not scoring a bunch of runs in one inning and saying, all right, there's our insurance. We'll see you guys tomorrow. No, it seems like they're staying in the games. Like they're they're knowing when they need to continue to score, and they're still laying it on just in case. And I think that's been kind of the key because don't forget, in our favorite game to talk about for last week, the 20-run game that I, that I was so lucky to be at, and same thing with the 16-run game, by the way, but especially this 20-run game. Don't forget the Red scored nine because Michael K couldn't find the strike zone in the ninth. So Anthony. The, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, Mike. Michael K, the announcer. I'm sorry, Anthony K. Michael K is the announcer. Um, Anthony K couldn't find the strike zone in the ninth, and this is because you know the Cubs were able to score some more runs because they were at the like the 13 mark or so for most of that game, yeah. and then in the seventh or eighth they took off again, and so all I'm saying with that is that game would have made me sweat a lot more if the Cubs wouldn't have just kept laying it on, and that's been the key right now. They just continue all cylinders stealing bases every single chance they get getting little base hits every chance they get taking walks when they can bringing in runs via the walk multiple times today and then you see bats like Dansby Swanson's getting hot and then guys like Cody Bellinger turning a hot streak into a hot season and that's all it takes
1: and I think that's the difference in like over this last 19 game stretch I mean you nailed it right on the head earlier in the season I feel like they would take a lead and then they'd kind of just sit down and stick with it like yeah. sit down and lay down and then vice versa when they would go down same thing they kind of just lay down and just say all right looks like we'll try and win again tomorrow we'll, or should, looks like we'll try and win tomorrow and yeah I mean it's a it's a whole different approach now because they are doing everything in their power to provide for a bullpen that's pitched in, incredibly well and keep adding on insurance because it's just, that's just how this team's been over this last 19 games. And, you know, I hope that continues because I mean, that means I think we're going to have a lot more fun baseball left in August and September.
0: Let's talk first for a second about um, Dom had a great tweet last night about this Mark Leiter Jr. interview on Marquee. Did you see what I'm talking about? Oh my God. He incredible. Dom said, He's done this job on Twitter for ten seasons, and he's never seen a more ridiculous Cubs interview than this one that Mark Leiter Jr. gave. From calling long reliever to the being the hardest job in the game to si Sayyid to his hair, how serious he was was truly legendary. I can't get over it, and that felt to me like you know, remember the Miguel Montero interview where he just said, "We are good." Like yeah. it's so, it's unrelated and it's not the same. But like when you're winning, you get goofy stuff like that going on where players show that they're overconfident. And that's when I get excited. When players are overconfident, that's when fans can be cautiously optimistic. If
1: if you didn't listen to the interview or see it because it was kind of like on the low-key, like right. for some
0: reason. I only saw it because of Dom. Mark Leiter called Javier Sad one of the best <laughs> pitchers Asad. in
1: one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball.
0: <laughs> and you know what? Like I'm okay with it.
1: Be fine. Like <laughs> I, I I it's it's so funny at this point because Javier Sad, like even to my friends, like who aren't Cubs fans, he's such a meme because he goes out there with the glasses. You know, he's a little bit of a chubbier guy, but I mean, he's one of the main reasons this entire season's been able to turn around. Like, I mean, we talk Honestly. about we talk about Talkman and you know Nico and Dansby after. Well, Dansby hasn't really been cold at all this year, but Nico went cold for a little bit and he's turned it around. And you know, Belly winning July Player of the Month. I mean, Javier Assad has given the cubs quality innings for the past month now like whether they're whether they're trying to come back or whether they have a lead like he's f- officially become a guy that david ross can count on to the point of where he trusted javi asad enough to give him the spot start on saturday and throw 3.2 pretty good
0: innings i love miguel amaya but can we discuss the guy who's kind of stopped him from from being at the everyday start of this season and it's not Tucker Barnhart. It's uh, Gas Money Gomes, oh the, the twenty the 2016 American League champ, the, the 2019 World Series champ who always seemed to find his way teetering around the Cubs from the Nationals to the Indians and now has become a, a true contender. And I laughed at my brother for saying this two weeks ago in St. Louis, but I laughed at him and now I'm going to say it. A true contender who won't win of the National League catcher Silver Slugger award. He, I mean, just statistically, I mean, it's, it's not like you're always have the real Mutos of the world and and those players that'll probably be there for it and probably end up winning it, but just statistically he's getting there. I mean, we're looking at two seventy three, almost 50 RBIs so far for 12 bops. Yeah. Yeah. Just for, just for a catcher that's, I mean, this says he has nine, but I swear it's more too. I mean, this is says 70 hits, um, 33 runs. I mean, no, you're not. You're not brandishing a, a MVP trophy for him yet. But no. it, are, is this what you want? Expected from a veteran catcher who's 87 years old, 36, and he is essentially the second coming of David Ross right now, maybe to a bigger extent. Oh, a hundred way bigger yeah. than Rossi. Yeah, yeah. Ross, don't ever forget that Rossi wasn't very good. He just had his really good last game. It was anyway.
1: Such, it was such a weird season going into this year with Jan Gomes because I think a lot of Cubs fans were obviously hurt that. Willie ship town for St. Louis. But I mean, Jan Gomes has been a guy all year long that really has just stayed the course and stayed consistent. And you can tell mm-hmm. that he is one of those voices in that locker room that truly gets those guys going. Like I, if if I'm looking at like leaders of this team, like obviously Dansby and Nico are up there, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like Jan Gomes has like a huge part in that team morale and the way that he's that the way that he plays and he's a spark plug. Like You can literally put him anywhere in this lineup, I would say from the four spot down, and he's made an impact all season long from any of those spots.
0: I mean, I remember hearing something on the radio not too long ago talking about how Jan Gomes is a true example of one of those guys you signed last year, and one of the big things was, well, he's a great clubhouse guy. But yeah. you don't realize that until he does stuff to prove it. Like, I think the first example of that is changing his number outright when Dansby Swanson came to town. Yeah. I think he – he, you know, that shows he's a veteran leader that isn't 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 afraid to admit he has a role, right? Like, he knows that, like, the biggest free agent signing of the year should be happy. should be, I mean, he's the biggest contract in the last couple of years for the Cubs. You know, let him start off on the right foot. Give him his number he had before and shake his hand and introduce yourself. And it, it seems like Jan Gomes is that guy right now for the Cubs, just that veteran leader that every team needs, who is not only, you know, on the bench telling people, you know, let's keep going, but but preaching, practicing what he preaches. Right. right? Like he's out there getting hits daily um, in, in usually high too. impact situations. Yeah. yeah. Usually those situations where you would need a hit. And has become one of those players that you would want to be up when the Cubs have men on, which is crazy because he's a catcher and he's, like I said, 87 years old. But he is one of those bats where if there's runners on, you're like, okay, here's where the Cubs are going to continue to score.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, no, I don't think anyone expected it out of him this year. No. I think that we were all expecting a similar year to what he had last year. But that, even then, like, I was okay with Yang Gomes going into this year because of what he provided for the pitching staff. Like – Yes. Last year, we saw kind of this whole turnaround in the second half from the starting pitching, and I would say Jan Gomes is a huge cater for that because in the second half of the season, we really only saw Jan Gomes as the exclusive catcher because Wilson was doing majority of DHing at that point by the end of the year last year. But now this year, it's like since opening day, I would say he's always been a name that's just keeps crossing my mind that has just stayed consistent, stayed the course and He's provided a lot of wins for the Cubbies,
0: I would say. You know, it's funny to me that, this is a random thing, but I've always thought it's funny that so many Cleveland players from that World Series year have found their way back in some capacity to the Cubs. I mean, Jason Kipnis, Jan Gomes, Mike Napoli as a base coach. You would think, and, and they're, I mean, follow the money, I get it, they were offered a contract for some of them, you know, for some of those guys, I think at least two of them, they were Cubs fans growing up, um, which I'm sure was hard. Um, but it's interesting that they are, found their way back to the Cubs and what has gone down as historically, one of the biggest choke jobs in World Series history and one of the best World Series in history. I'm happy to have them but it's just always been kind of something I've considered like, huh, I wonder if those guys ever think about that, you know, being part of the Cubs now and then seeing, you know, those banners from back in the day, or it, maybe this next great Cubs team being part of that, maybe encourages them to go win another one.
1: Yeah. And I, obviously I think that was like the butt of the joke. When Kipnis came to town right but now with like Napoli and Gomes, it's like, I feel like no hard feelings for Gomes. Cause no, he, got, no. he ended up winning his world series as well. Yeah. Um, But okay, I see what you're
0: saying. I thought you meant we if we ever had any hard feelings for any of those three because I never did. I'm I'm happy. I I was happy to have all of them
1: when when the Guardians were Indians at the time were on their World Series run like obviously I wanted to win a World Series that year and we ended up doing so but in the American League like the party at Napoli's thing like that was one of the coolest things. like it was hilarious like just seeing like Mike net like he's he's Jack now but like back in the day he was like a you know a bulkier. Mm -hmm. Bigger guy and just like dancing around with his shirt off, absolutely (laughs) drunk out of his mind. Like that was hilarious. And I want to see that form of Mike Napoli come August. And me too. Obviously we talk about Jan Gomes and the impact that he's made. I, I think we preach enough at this point.
0: Yeah, he's, he's awesome, and this team is awesome. I think all all cylinders are firing at the right time. That was something you and I talked about for months, when will everything click, and I think it's happening, and then then some. Like I said, you got guys like Dansby Swanson who have put on a hot streak, and then you guys, guys like Cody Bellinger who have continued hot streaks into, if he wouldn't have been injured the whole time, potentially MVP seasons. I, saw I mean, he is awesome. Sticking
1: on Cody, just for a quick second, Something that I really – a tweet that Don Frederick had today, and we always shout him out. One of the best follows on Cubs Twitter. Definitely yeah, go give him a probably follow. probably the best follow except um, for you. He was like – thank you. He was like, <laughs> uh, we truly had – like there is no reason – and I don't even think we should think extensions and trades right now because obviously that's past. But the Cubs have no reason not to extend Belly this offseason because they have truly found – they have – they found a superstar fell right into their lap yes. and they have reignited them. And we, we talk about it so much, so we don't even have to spend time on it, but you're right. Belly Swanson, like everything's clicking. And just the impact that they're making is just amazing. And yeah, I, as I said, soft schedule coming up, Yeah, keep winning ball games and keep getting it done. But uh, two things I want to mention really quick Um. The the lineups Rossi's been putting out the last couple of days, incredible. Incredible. I have. Yeah, you
0: said you said it on after the Tuesday game when we were texting. You, what did you do you want to share on the pod what you told me about? I even though Saya's say's been productive. But what was what was what you shared with me after that uh after that game? Do you remember?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like I I have said it to my brother and you as well, but obviously it's tough seeing say out of the lineup. But it's nice that I I don't know like it's 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 and I I was gonna touch on Say it too with this lineup thing but I love that now we have the flexibility where we are we truly have a complete roster mm-hmm. and obviously like people will call out Tucker Barnhart but he doesn't even bother me at this point like me seeing him in the lineup because of the fact that you have eight guys if Tucker Barnhart's in the lineup that you trust to go get hits and even Barnhart. To his credit, has been hitting pretty well recently. Yeah, I don't dislike
0: Tucker Barnard at all.
1: But it's it's tough to see Seiya in a limited role, but it's it's the right thing to do at this point because you can't take Talkman out of the lineup. I'm sorry. He needs to play every day.
0: Though like coming out of Mike Talkman in this season as a as a productive ball player has hurt no one more than say, a suzuki especially yeah. with cody bellinger returning to the outfield where he wants to be playing and now uh, the addition of a Jayman. star infielder yeah and candelario who doesn't miss i mean when it comes to the plate so you need him in your lineup daily so between jamer playing first half the time now and bellinger continuing in the outfield because he's hot as can be and um talkman having this complete resurgence You're unfortunately looking at a situation where a guy like, say, Suzuki, who, yeah, was signed to a mega contract of sorts, but has not performed to that level. We've never seen him go over the edge. We thought he would. We've seen flashes of it. We've never seen him actually get over that hump into an extended hot streak of except for like his first week when no one knew how to pitch to him. And all he did was hit bombs, which was awesome. But uh, first week of last season. But yeah, you're looking at a guy who doesn't have a role or a starting role every single day on this team anymore. If you're looking at him from just his statistical value, I seems like a great dude seems like a good teammate seems like he wants to win and likes it here. He obviously picked us for a reason. I hope say Suzuki's future includes the Chicago Cubs, but right now it's, it's in a little bit of a limbo.
1: But the thing about it is yeah, you, you nailed it right on the head but I do love the flexibility that it could bring to this lineup because sure. you can give a lot of guys, like you can give guys days off now because I'm I'm not necessarily like say, still has the pop. He's, he could still drive the ball well to both gaps. So like, I want to see him in this lineup as much as I can, but when you're in these must-win ball games, like you want to put your best nine out there, like they have the last two days and it's crazy that we're, at this point in the season in a guy that I think we called one of the biggest X factors to this year yeah. sitting four games above 500 and in a wild card spot. um, And say Suzuki is really not playing the factor. I think we expect them to.
0: I wonder if this, this is truly me just live thinking here while we record. I wonder if this resurgence of the Cubs because obviously, even if they go on to win this division, I don't think they're going to run away with it. I don't see the Brewers falling out that fast. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to the last week, which is fine. But I wonder if that affects Judd's original plans for September. I wonder if we will. I bet we will see Mervis again, maybe. But I don't know about PCA. I don't know what I don't know what they're starting to think. I mean, <laughs> you need you can't you can't if it's not broke if it's not broke don't fix it right. Like you, if you have that every day nine with the additional 10 and say Suzuki, why do you need to mess with it?
1: Here's the thing about PCA. And today really showed that they had wisdom come in and pinch run late in the game and tried to have him steal, which he got thrown out on, which was just (laughs) dumb. I I think by September, if they continue to play this way, I think we will see PCA this year. I truly do. I think that they're going to, let him get at bats not a lot but they're going to let him get at bats and i think they'll also have use him as a a pinch runner in late inning situations as well as a potential outfielder you could use too because yeah your your best defense even though obviously we've seen some amazing highlight reel plays from Mike Talkman Talkman could slide over to right field put PCA in center belly goes over to first in late inning situations and then yeah. jamer stays at third i think that's your best yeah best uh case scenario because now that we're starting to think postseason and play postseason ball that's how you win games like never forget terrence gore like, terrence gore exactly Well, okay
0: that's the thing is because you have you have higher expectations for pca than terrence gore but if you tell pete like we see you in our future we want you to get at bats but in the time being we're in a a pennant race for lack of a better term. And we need you in this role. I don't think he's saying no to that, you know, pinch hitting and, and um, pinch running. But that said, I also don't know if they'd want to do that. I don't know if they're willing to call him up just to have him be in that role. If they expect more from him in the future. That's just my thoughts.
1: I hate to bring this name up because he is a cub that in my head lives in infamy as one of the biggest busts. but you know, in 2016, Later in the year, they did call up a guy named Albert Elmora Jr. That was a very similar prospect, Pico Armstrong. I sh- mm-hmm. I should say, I think Pico Armstrong has a higher higher ceiling than PCA did or than PCA does. Wait, excuse me. than Albert Elmora does, but I think if you, if we get to qu- important games, I-, I think they do call him up for that role. To be a guy that can pinch run in landing spots and play defense as well. So good comparison. I hate to compare it to him because
0: no, but it's it's a good thought process. And and we thought highly of Albert Amora. I mean, obviously didn't work out. And then he's one of the few who's gone on to say bad things about this organization, which I don't know. I don't know where that stems from. I think he must he must have just not been thrilled with Madden or something. Because I mean, going to the Mets and then later saying. What did he, what was his quote? Like things were never, the boat was never centered or something. Like it was an analogy, like things were always rough waters or something. He he said something really silly about his time with the Cubs. And I, I always thought that was strange.
1: Yeah. He's just one of those weirder players that comes up in my head when it comes to those times. And I wasn't even Uh a fan of him when he was with the Cubs because he obviously had that season hit for 300 and that was a lot of fun. But after that, it was like, why does he keep getting at bats? Why does he keep doing this? <laughs> he fell but off. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully that's not Peter Armstrong. I don't think it will be.
0: Rounding out this episode of 120, we have the New York Mets from City Field, August 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's the first three days of this week. Then we go north of the border. It's the Toronto Blue Jays for three games. Then, of course, return to Wrigley by the 15th and 16th to face off against our friends on the South side. We'll record again before then, so we'll wait and preview some White Sox ball then. But taking a look at the fire sale Mets and the Toronto Blue Jays, what are we thinking heading into this road trip, Ben?
1: Mets haven't won a game since the All-Star, or since the trade deadline. Uh, Obviously, jump ship with a lot of guys, Verlander, Scherzer, Pham, Canna. This is a big series to, uh, you got to take some games. I, I think you have to expect two out of three here. Maybe if they didn't ship those guys, you wouldn't. You would be a little weary of that, but you got to take some games from them. Um, and I. Well, think you they, simply
0: would have had to face better starters. Yeah, if they wouldn't. Yeah. have, you know what I mean. So and now, comes down to
1: it. And now you're not. So yeah, no. they got Sanga tomorrow, who's easily their ace at this point. Was an All Star this year. Just uh, go out there, keep playing this brand of baseball. I think uh, if they continue to play this brand of baseball, I think they'll do to the Mets what they did. To Cincinnati, White Sox, St. Louis. Toronto, though, is a tough out. But, you know, they're also struggling, I would say, at this point in the season. Recently just lost Bo to the IL. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Toronto is going to be an interesting one, especially with that road trip. Uh, I know it's always a tough one for a lot of teams outside of the East. So, I, I just continue to play this brand of yeah. baseball and play I confident think, baseball. Exactly. No reason you
0: can't beat these teams. No reason you can't beat any team after exactly. these, what we did, the Atlanta Braves.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. And I, I, it's like we're preaching to the choir at this point. Cause we've said it so many times, but continue to play this brand of baseball and we'll be positive for like the third or fourth
0: episode in a row, which is like a new record for us. It's we're looking at it right now. If we count two different episodes for this weekend, all right, well, I think that's how we're going to wrap it up. I think I had one more thing to say about, oh, yeah, Paulie D. We'll see the first of Paul DeYoung Yeah. in a Blue Jays uniform, a Cubs killer, Paul Young. You have something. I have yeah. something. I wonder if it's the same something.
1: I know what you're going to bring up, but this is just a quick mention. Um, don't to spend too much time on it. Caleb Killian back with the Cubs. Yeah. Probably we'll see some innings out of the bullpen unless they're going to plan on using him as a spot starter in that Assad spot that is obviously open right now so we'll see what ends up happening with killian but it's good to see him back i know he's been uh working on some stuff in the minors and hopefully we can see that because obviously his time in the big leagues though short has not been uh too positive
0: i don't think you know what i was going to bring up
1: no i think i think i do you could go ahead well did you
0: did you did you um buy the the buy the pay-per-view fight last night oh oh we talking uh, with, that with Ramirez and Anderson. See, I knew I, you didn't know what I, I was talking I about. I wasn't yeah. awesome. What yeah. a, what a
1: moment that what a brawl. I could not, I I texted my dad or my brother, this, I said, what, how awesome
0: is that for baseball? Baseball. The, I, it is now that I know they're both. Okay. Like it is like, that is like a full on hockey fight. Like that is like what Manfred needed. Like they drop the, they literally drop the gloves and put the fists up. Like, the Lion and the Wizard of Oz. Like, they're spinning their fists, and oh, my God.
1: I mean, baseball is just – there's more people watching it this year than there has in the past, and there's more people going to games, which is just awesome to see. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that was the number one thing on social media yesterday, and that's including a big pay-per-view fight between Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. Like, I think Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson gave it a run for its money a little bit there because what just – What an awesome moment um, between two rival teams, obviously, Two And the other thing is, too, I saw on Twitter, have you ever seen like when was the last time you saw like a fight between two like Major League Baseball household names like that?
0: No, yeah, and I mean Jose Batista, I guess, but like that was what Ruggedo or something. Yeah, like, compared 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 to T.A. and J.Ram, who are both all stars in their yeah. own careers. The the
1: only fight that I can think of that like was between like two players that was that like at the time would be Nolan Ryan and Rob Ventura.
0: Hmm. Well, it was okay. This was like a movie. Like the amount of stuff going on. Like if you watch the video from a couple different angles, Jimenez is getting hurt during yeah. this, which is which is i hope he's okay but it was like,
1: tough it was tough to see yeah. that i, I Which, actually yeah. i actually felt bad because no i
0: like i hope he's okay but like this is like I, it's almost like it almost writes itself at this point like i feel terrible for eloy that like stuff like that and he's still he's getting hurt again like it's just been something he's dealt with his entire career yeah and like eloy's hobbling off the field anderson's being picked up by andrew vaughn and is going in and out of vaughn, consciousness yeah. it seemed like Ram is J- Ram is getting separated by another White Sox player, the umpires are all off on their own because they don't want to be part of it. As soon as the gloves were dropped, and I'm not just making a hockey expression, batting gloves were dropped. And as soon as that happened, the umpires get out of the way and the players separated them. I mean, every angle you watch of this, it's like a movie. Something else is going on.
1: You got the coaches going at it too, which mm-hmm. was like Pedro Grafal was ready to, f- He th- we were about to see a second yeah. round of it because thankfully they were able to split it up. I guess I would have liked to seen it. But yeah, Pedro Grafal was ready to drop the gloves too and
0: beat up. And this uh, is a White Sox team who won their first game since, you know, five, six days. They so, won a series over and Cleveland. then Terry Terry's in the in front of the mic in Cleveland saying, uh correcting a reporter on which hand J Ram punched with. Like yeah. Terry was was laughing at it. Like this was makes me so glad that the Cubs are playing competitive baseball. I'm feel bad for both involved i'm glad they're okay but this makes me so happy that the cubs are playing competitive baseball and this is not what we're looking at in divisional games for the cubs because the al central right now is in shambles and that is a good um representation of that division right now
1: i i would say so yeah it's a it's a dog fight to to say the least of uh, a lot of bad teams i've never been a
0: big tim anderson guy but i'll let you go first and i have something to say about that
1: it's I mean the twins are kind of starting to I'm not gonna say they're pulling away with it, but for Cleveland to lose two of three of the White Sox, mm-hmm. it's not a good look. No, yeah. And Minnesota's at the has the same record that we do now. I think they actually just took another uh win probably minutes ago. But yeah, I think they beat the Diamondbacks, which is actually helping us out. So I it was just it was awesome to see. But but I want to hear Anderson yeah. point because I have Yeah. Thoughts on Not him a too. huge
0: Anderson guy. I never have been. I'm happy. Um, I was happy for him when he was playing well, but I think the last year and a half or so of his career have been pretty dismal. And, um, but that said, I think the whole thing by Ramirez might have been a bit immature. The saying like he's been he's been a disgrace this league for years or whatever, and I needed to let him hear it. I don't know if you say that out loud. I think that's something you keep to yourself. Like, obviously, you don't like him. That's why he got in a fight. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. And when I, I don't dislike Jose Ramirez. And also, I think Anderson's getting a bit of a bad rep. He lost the fight, he got knocked out in hockey rules. He lost the fight, but he did get Ramirez twice. It just, J Ram landed the, landed the, the knockout punch while getting choked out by michael
1: Kopek <laughs> too like he was get, he had him in a headlock and he ramirez, full Joey ramirez and... just absolutely just
0: unloaded Unleashed. that right yeah he hand. probably didn't even mean to get him just no. chin high like that like he no. probably was just trying to push at him like he probably didn't want to k him up i mean that's gonna have they announced what those suspension are for those guys yet not i was yet. out all day today not yet okay.
1: j ram did play today tim anderson did not really So um, I'm assuming we'll, you know, Monday, business day. I'm assuming that's how the major league baseball um, front office works. They
0: were were in the office. They were,
1: we'll we'll probably see suspensions announced tomorrow. I'm assuming J Ram. I, I think, I think Anderson will get 10 plus games. And I would say that Ramirez would get the same amount, but. I was talking to my dad this morning. And he brought up a good point. It's I think the fact Anderson will get a couple more games than Ramirez is because of the fact that he went out for more multiple times. Ramirez will get definitely get a certain amount of games. I think Griffol will get probably like a five, not probably not five. I think that's a little pushing it. What's probably maybe, maybe Tito and Griffol will get a couple games. And I think we'll leave it at that. I wouldn't Unless... be shocked
0: if they both, if they both both get a five piece and just, and they call it, I don't think they're going to make a massive deal about it. Cause like you said, like it or not, it was hugely positive for their PR. Yeah, they are not going to ever admit that, but
1: yes, I just, as I said, as I started awesome for baseball, they, mm-hmm. they, they needed that. And yeah, what a fight, what a fight. Yeah. I I was so happy fight.
0: better than Jake Paul and whoever he beat. I don't, I think he won. Right. I don't, I don't, yeah. Jake Paul beat that. Nate
1: Diaz. It, yeah. it, it was a solid, it, it actually pretty good fight. Was it Nate Diaz is old, older, hasn't boxed or well, hasn't that's been the key has all the his fought, fights, right? Hasn't fought in a couple years and he got, he was getting his, he was getting his behind kicked in the first five rounds and Nate Diaz managed to stick through it and go the distance with Jake Paul. That's good. So it was honestly, it was a very entertaining fight. I was able to catch both the Tim Anderson and Jake Paul fight. Oh, the
0: undercard? Yes. T, was T A and J Ram the, the true undercard of the night, regardless get, of whoever yeah. was before Jake Paul? I, I don't think who anyone
1: cared about Jake the no, fights before Jake Paul and Nate. Well, did Logan
0: fight again? Didn't Logan Paul used to fight before Jake Paul, Like they would do it in the same night, or was that so, just one time?
1: I think Logan's got put the gloves down because he's fully uh, into WWE now. He he's actually good at it. he actually came back. He he was recording they were shooting a i don't know wwe's not live right
0: uh i think it varies but it's not it's not like it's written like they plan out what it like yeah it's storyline based he
1: was at he was at his wwe fight in detroit and he had to fly out to wherever the jake paul fight was and he made it to the fight 30 minutes before in his entire wrestling get up and everything Do pre- you have a private funny. jet
0: change don't make it about you Nah, it put was on, hilarious put a, it was i'm hilarious. sure it was funny and i'm sure they you know i'm sure their agents and like the like boxing federation people for, and wwe all said yeah do it because we want the publicity but like oh man i didn't have time to change you're on a private jet yeah put on pants or a shirt all right that that took a, a tangent but that's what we get for two episodes in a couple days ben this'll be a fun road trip We'll see you guys again next weekend and uh, and go cubs Go cubbies.